Today on the Homeboys Podcast, we are talking about different ways to not be left behind in this crazy real estate market. We're also going to talk about how this crazy market is leading Californians to move to Tijuana, Mexico, of all places. Stay tuned. You're kicking it with the Homeboys. We're going to start our own revolution. We literally were chased by Mexican cartel. Gobbled up by the hedge fund. That's why this is an important talk. Maybe you're just asking yourself, how do you break into real estate? Maybe you're just wanting a different perspective on how two knuckleheads like us got into real estate. Hey, everybody. You are kicking it with the Homeboys, and welcome to the Homeboys Podcast. My name is Clint Weatherill. And this is Scott Adams. Yeah, today we're going to talk about some some crazy things about um, how to not be left behind in this crazy real estate market. We're going to talk about people moving to Tijuana because it's the only place they can afford out there. We're going to talk about how um, we don't want these millennials getting left behind and missing out on, on a generation of owning real estate. We're going to talk about how they can buy houses in middle America to not be left behind. We're going to talk about hedge funds and the crazy stuff they're up to. It's going to be good, but before we get into that, how are you, my friend? It's good to be here with you. Yeah. Doing good, man. Um, got a little guy's trip coming up here a little bit, so I'm, I'm excited. It's college basketball season, and March Madness is going on. Heck yeah. So I'm doing that, but uh, you know, family's good, and just living the dream, man. The sun is shining here mm-hmm. in, uh, in Indianapolis. It's it's a good time to be alive. Yeah, I've got a bunch of koi ponds in my backyard, as you know, and uh, the waterfalls yeah, are flowing, and the the koi were out. I just started feeding them. It's so crazy. They're they're. I send you pictures where they're frozen in the ice over winter. They're out swimming. They're alive. I'm always. And they worried. just come back to life. And they just start swimming, and we feed them. And they're just frozen, the and then they're back. And they're fish slushies for half the year. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. It just freezes over. And yeah. So weird to I me. I know, but when they come out and they're starting to eat, I'm like, it, it's spring. It feels yeah. good. I'm, I'm ready to come out of hibernation myself. Who do you got in your NCAA bracket? Um, yeah, I do. I do. You have no idea, dude. Barry gave it to me, and he said it's five bucks for every employee. And I was like, okay, I'll get that to you. And as soon as he walked out of the room, I literally crumpled it up and put it in my trash can. Why would you not just fill it out? Because I don't know anything. It doesn't matter. Well, I didn't have $5 on me, and he said there was a deadline of, like, today, and I didn't want to mess with it. I don't care. You got to tell tell tomorrow, like, noon. All right. I mean, it's it's, Uh, it's the camaraderie. I mean, you can't be a sourpuss uh, baby all the time just because you're not not an expert on everything. I know you're all (laughs) smart and mighty in everything that you do, but, like... Nobody knows. How has this turned into Bash Scott Day? I don't know. I mean, we just want you involved, man. You know? All right. You know, it's... I'll take all your money. You know? I'll take... I just didn't want to take everyone's money is the bottom line, really. Hey, I'm two years in a row. I've won two years in a row. You have? I have. Oh, I I didn't know that. I am playing. I'm going to take See, I'm I'm kind, though. What I do, if if I win one of these office pools, I have a lunch... Right. You know, catered into the office. You'll just pocket it. Oh, I will. I'll spend it on koi food. <laughs> that is not true. No. He is one of the kindest people I've ever oh, met. you're too sweet. On that note, let's just get into this, yeah. sweet man. Let's uh, let's talk about it. You yeah. uh, you sent me a wild, crazy um, clip. It was a news clip uh, that I watched yesterday morning, and I couldn't believe it, Like, I, and I hadn't heard it yet, but it was talking about... 
people in Southern California are now <laughs> moving to Tijuana because they are priced out of the, the, you know, the retail housing market and also the rental market that they can't afford, you know, a one bedroom or a two bedroom apartment that they're actually going into Tijuana now to live because they can't afford, you know, right. These crazy prices. And I, I forget some of the stats. Maybe we could put it, this particular clip in the show notes, but you know, what was like a two bedroom average two bedroom in San Diego? 4,000. I think it was 4,000, but the bottom a, I think it was approaching. I think it was, right. it might've been, but you know, call it whatever, you know, 3,800, 4,000, really expensive, really expensive. And the bottom line is people are, are moving to a place that our parents warned us about. And I have, uh, I've been to Tijuana a couple of times. I, I hate to admit, and I've been there with uh, one of our, our acquisitions director when we were in college and it, I, I know it's changed a little. I've been there I recently. would pay money to see you two idiots in <laughs> Tijuana. Yeah. No, I wouldn't because that means I'd actually have to be in Tijuana yeah. to see it. But, you know, if there could have I'm been a not exaggerating. seen you two in Tijuana. This is not an exaggeration. We literally were chased by the Mexican cartels out of town because of some stupid stuff that we had done at a bar. Oh, you guys owned. did stupid yeah. stuff? Shocker. Right. <laughs> yeah, the waitress there snuck us out the back door because they were waiting in the front. This is not an exaggeration. And John Lysak, luckily, had been real nice to that waitress and saved our lives. That's how stupid we were and how dangerous Tijuana was and still is. I know nothing, but, I mean, I've heard all these crazy s- stories about Tijuana. So, like, whenever I'm watching this clip that you sent me, I'm like, it's kind of mind-blowing to me. I guess people have to live in that area for a job or for family or for some reason. You know, my first inclination was like, just move to the Midwest and, you know, not deal with any of this craziness. But but that's everything in life. So, you know, you always think, well, when there's a drought in, in Ethiopia, you think, well, just move to where there's water. You know, people have to live where they are. You know, and, and so people have jobs and families and, and a lot of reasons that they have to be there. And where do you go when California is, you know, insanely appreciated and, and uh, the, you know, rents are sky high? I guess apparently you go to Tijuana. It's crazy. It's, cra- it's just one example of how insane this, this real estate market is. We talked recently on a podcast, you and I, uh, I'd say, I think it was one about five months ago, about rental prices here in Fishers, even. Fishers, Indiana. They've almost doubled since that podcast, and that's here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's happening everywhere, just at an accelerated pace in some, in some of these markets. It's insane. And it's, it's, it's which is the, the next point to cover, is that it's pushing millennials out of owning real estate and being able to buy in. You know, because a lot of these markets where millennials live happen to be these crazy markets, California and the coastal cities. So we've got a whole generation that could miss out on the wealth building of owning your own home. So are you talking more from just a uh, owner-occupant, you know, or investors or both? or Both. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, if you look at the, the normal path that uh, – people who have real estate assets take is they usually buy their own home first and then they realize the potential. A lot of times that wakes them up 
as they build equity in their own home, they're like, well, I'd like to do this more than just in my home, and they end up buying more of them. So typically, I think that's the first step is in their own home, and then it, it transitions to, to more and more homes. Right, because that same, that same clip that you sent, you know, it talked about the uh, this nation's, what do they call it? Um, they, I think it was just million-dollar cities. They did, yeah. Where, where the average... You know, home price is over a million dollars. It's like twenty-seven cities or something. In yeah, the I country. think it was even more. There was like forty something. But 40. anyway, there's a certain most number. of them were in California. They were. Um, you know, that, that's hard for someone you know like me and you being in the Midwest to to, to comprehend. I remember when I first got into real estate, um, you know, going on twenty years ago, there was like ten homes in the entire board of realtor um, multiple listing service here that were over a million dollars. Right. You know, it was just, there were so few and far between at that time. I know that's, that's changed a lot over 20 years, but, you know, to see the average price of home, you know, for us in an entire city, you know, to be that it's hard, it's hard for me to wrap my hands around quite frankly, because it's just, it's just a lot different, a lot different here. So if you're a millennial or young professional, whatever you want to say, whatever term you want to use, you know, and let's just use the owner occupant, you know, I don't know exactly what you do from an owner-occupant level. You, know, you don't. If, if you have a job, so let's just say San Diego, right next to you know to Tijuana, where the average home is, let's just say it's a million dollars. I couldn't imagine, you know, coming out of college or even being twenty-five or really even being thirty, and having a million-dollar million-dollar home. Right. You know, so say if you can't if you can't buy home because it's a million dollars well then a 800 square foot you know two bedroom and 800 may be generous uh, you know as far as the size of it you know is thirty eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. you know whenever I got out of college uh, my rent was six hundred dollars and mm-hmm. I split it with an idiot friend of mine right well there's a lot of that you know, going on too out there of, of you know room sharing you know, we have a friend who owns a uh, property in downtown San Francisco and he's got four bunk, well, two bunk beds in each room. So four beds in each room. There's, I think it's five bedroom. So five times, he's got 20 people living there. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, and then, so, you know, the answer to that question is, what do these millennials do? Well, you rent as cheap as you can. I mean, if you want to just look at the pure financial and not like quality of life, if you just want to make the smartest financial decision, then you rent as cheaply as you can in those markets, and you buy investment properties in other markets. But I, I still don't think that that's that that's a, a feasible answer because, you know, they get out of they get out of let's say you get out of college, right? Let's say you're you're you know you just graduated college, you got an entry level you know job. I don't know right. what entry level jobs are now. Um, let's, let's say software. You know, developer. I don't know sixty thousand. No, 60, you know, seventy thousand. What? No, you're way off. Uh, for like an entry level like software engineer, you're at three hundred, four hundred thousand out there. Oh my gosh, this ain't three, four hundred grand. Well, not everyone's an engineer. Either, no, Scotty. I know. But, so let's just say, well, right. let's just say it's eighty. You know, whatever. Right. You know, eighty grand. Um, you know, if you're just out of college, you've got this college debt. You've got any kind of other debt, and you right. say you have eighty thousand dollars. You know, a year. You know, and a third of that's gone in taxes. Right. And then your rental price is, you know, $3,800 a month. You know, you say is to do it as cheaply as you can. Like, 
I mean, what can you afford? Two thousand, and does t- does two thousand mean that you're in an area that's not safe? Probably, you know, crime ridden. I mean, heck, they're going to Tijuana for crying out cornflakes. I mean, I know. you know, like you know, I know. Like I, I just don't. I, I'm not disagreeing with what you, with what you're saying so much. Is that is that I don't know if I look back at my life, like after I graduated from the School of Business at Indiana University, and what I was making, like how. You know, I know where I'd have to be in if you related Indiana to California, and right. I just, I just can't imagine that. I mean, if I just wouldn't, if it, I wouldn't live in Southern California, I guess is what I'm saying. I wouldn't. Yeah, but go there's to a, a direct correlation a, between the the incomes out there versus the incomes here. I mean, it's significantly a little, higher. A little. Oh, it's a significantly higher. It is. I used to have this. Yep. Oh, that's all right. You're all right. You know what Netflix's average salary is? It's going to blow your mind. 700000 Average. That's their average salary. Netflix. I don't believe that. I'll send it to you. Fucking bananas. These, and, But there's no other jobs. Everybody else works at restaurants. Right. It's fucking bananas out there. It is, but I've, 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 got, I've got this interesting article that I used to have laminated, and I used to pull it out and show you know clients whenever they were coming in from out of town. And this article, I wish I still had it, but it was a Money Magazine article, and it showed the 50 largest real estate markets in our country. Okay. And it showed the percentage of a person's income that went to mortgage payment. Okay. It's really fascinating. And I'm, a, re- yeah. I'm sure I can go back and find it. This was probably 2007, 8, 9. Um, I bet there's a current one. I'd love to find right. a current one. But at that time, I remember these numbers. At that time, on average in Indianapolis, 11% of a person's income went to their mortgage payment. That's awesome. It's incredible. It's awesome. And it was it, it it ranked really you know yeah. high. Uh, Los Angeles, fifty seven percent. I remember this. Fifty seven article. Mm-hmm. That just clicked. So like you know I I would I would tell people, you know how house poor people in California would be. You know fifty seven percent of your income, and you think about all the other expenses that you have, and right. You know people were house poor, and it's only you know I think it's only had to have gotten worse. Now I know that there's certain mm-hmm. jobs, and you know you go right. to you go to Silicon Valley, right. and the, the 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 salaries are crazy high. But that's right. that's a fantasy camp, and that's not right normal. All, there's restaurants people have to work at. There's a million other normal jobs everyone has to have. Right. Yeah. I, I just don't see how you, you could do it if unless you had you know one of these amazing amazing jobs. But I mean, not not everyone can go. You know, start a five hundred thousand dollar job. You know, right? You know, out of college. Uh, I know Silicon Va- Silicon Valley's got some crazy, sure. You know, crazy things going on, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm still just trying to wrap my hands right. on like how how millennials in certain parts of the country could do it. I don't know. All I know is that you know they want to be there, which is understandable. That's where the it's beautiful, right? And that's where you know it's it's fun and. And there's a quality of life thing, you know, and that's about being young. But, yeah, they're going to miss out on owning real estate out there. But they should still buy real estate in other places. 
And that's going to be hard because they're paying so much in rent there. But at the same time, that's why this, that's why this is an important topic. So your advice isn't to just uh, pack up all your crap and move to the Midwest I, 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 yes, that is mm-hmm. partially my advice. I mean, if I was frank and honest, yeah, yeah, you should. I mean, the, the quality of life in the Midwest is unbelievable how you can live um, on income. And, the, and the, there's a great family-oriented, uh, it's just a neat place. But these kids aren't going to do that, which I understand. It's not for everyone. Um but yeah, my advice, frankly, would be yeah, come here. It's great. So I'm trying to think of like what we can what we can do to to provide value to our listeners, and I don't know that I've provided any value other than the fact that it's like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't get how people can get by, you know, out there. But you know, we're talking from an owner occupant standpoint, right? Now let's so, move on yeah, to what they let's, can. Let's do. just say owner occupant in those areas, it's going to be really challenging. It's going to yeah. be challenging. Yeah, and and it's it's really not smart to buy out there on a, just on a blank financial basis. Now I know that there's people out there who think, think that everything's going to keep appreciating. And of course it's smart to buy out here. You know, that my neighbor bought his house for a million and sold it for two, you know, well, I mean, you're betting on the come as they say in craps and you're just gambling that appreciation will, will happen. And if that's your investment strategy, I'm, I mean, you, you know, you're in the coin flipping business then. You know, I mean, why don't you just put a million dollars on heads or tails on a coin and see what happens, you know. Their odds may be just as good. I know, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But so we think you should rent out there and you should invest in places where the returns are are solid, steady, what you can um, plan on. They uh, You can have a, a really good sample size of what they're going to do and what they will do and you're not betting on appreciation or or any of that stuff, it's a solid cash-flowing asset, and it's not sexy. They're living out there in California, and we have a lot of clients. In fact, I'd say 75% of our clients are California, maybe give or take. What do you think? I'd say it's a pretty accurate number. About 75% of our clients are in California who understand what we're saying here, which is you live where you want to live, and you invest in the markets where the returns are the best. And I think that's, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point. Live where you want to live, invest in the markets where the returns, you know, are the best. So technology has allowed that to be possible. This wasn't possible. I mean, you could 10 years ago, but um, you know, we're much more connected now. So this software, like that companies like, you know, our companies use Mm -hmm. our, our clients can log in, see everything with their house. And it's just, it's more possible now. And, and I, we see the successful people doing that. We, there's a reason why 75% of our clients are from California, but 99% overall are from somewhere other than Indiana. Mm -hmm. They don't live here. It's because our market happens to be one of these great Midwestern markets. And there's others, you know, I'm not just, this isn't a show about, Hey, invest in Indianapolis uh, or invest with us. We're one of many markets people can do this with. And I just want to make sure that that gener- this new generation, my kids' generation, doesn't miss out on owning real estate. So let's talk about that generation, whether they live in California, whether they you know live in wherever. Where do they invest? How do they invest? What do they do? Well, I, I mean, you and I believe in turnkey because it's simple. Um, you're, you've got some known um, operators that have 
are proven track records that you can find throughout the Midwest uh, in good cities, and they do it all for you. And you're all the way in California and the most, or wherever you are, and the most important thing is working with people who are experienced and have uh, a history of performing and doing what they say. You know, we're, we're big believers in, in groups like ours who under-promise and over-deliver. And uh, it's boring what, what these turnkey brokers sell. And you're paying full price when you buy these houses. But it's all in a pretty bow. It's the simplest way. We really recommend that's the easiest way. You can try to get cute and try to find a deal and then find somebody to fix it up. Or There's a million ways to get in, but the easiest and safest and the, the most known where you, you can plan on a set return is turnkey. So we're saying, you know, invest in areas that, that make sense. You know, we've, we have lots, lots of uh, valued clients that have invested, you know, with us. I think it's very important to, to tell our listeners that one of the best ways to screen these people that you work with is how long have you been in business? Mm-hmm. You know, if if someone has been doing it for, you know, 15, 20 years, they, they're not, they haven't done it 15, 20 years by doing it the wrong way. We see people doing it the wrong way all the time. They come and go. They don't last very long. It's a very short life for the people that don't know what they're doing in this world mm-hmm. and try to, try to pawn themselves off as professionals. So ask for experience. Um, you know, with experience, they can give you a whole list of references. Um, we have 325 rental property owners that we facilitate, Um, you know, you really need that experience because people that that get into the turnkey world um, and think they know what they're doing, there's a lot of moving parts to it. The rehab is very, you know, uh, challenging that needs a a true expert doing it. We have a whole checklist, you know, item list that we have that we go through on every home. So very important to do your research um, there's lots of good markets out there. We happen to know a lot of people, yeah. you know, in, in, in different markets. Yeah, the experience thing is very important. And um, there's a lot of, you, there's a lot of ways to find what market um, works best for you. Money Magazine always has great articles. And you can just research what the best, uh, you know, real estate. There's, there's a ton of, you just Google, what are the best markets for real estate investing from afar? And you'll see the same, uh, you know, cities on those lists. And then you can just start looking for turnkey providers in those. That's what we suggest. I know it seems crazy, but these, and if you, again, screen them, get someone good, they'll be able to walk you through every step of the way. They can help get you with the right lender. Um, it's easier than you think. And you don't have to even have that much saved. So I, we think that you should reach out to turnkey providers. And these turnkey properties that you're going to find in all these different markets I think you will be shocked that these are the matching product that the hedge funds are getting into. That they're that brings brings us to another point. Yeah, which is why are the hedge funds doing it? Mm-hmm. Well, because they are the properties that make the most sense. You know, these these really smart people on Wall Street that do the math. You know, the the, the accountants and the actuaries and the bean counters. Mm-hmm. You know. They do the math and figure out where the best bang for their buck is. Everybody's looking for a return. And the floodgates opened when the hedge funds discovered they could own single family, they, that they could do what we're preaching here. Mm-hmm. You know, just because individuals can do it from anywhere. Well, the hedge fund said, well, if individuals can do it from anywhere, we can too. 
and they've flooded in and they're buying up these properties themselves. It's a bad thing, but it's also a good thing. It's, it's proof in a way of what, that it works, you know, that, that this is a great target, um, type of investment. But it poses a lot of, it poses a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it creates competition. Does You know, I mean, the, the hedge funds are obviously cash buyers with deep pockets. Um, you know, it's hard for, for anyone getting in a bidding war. You know, you're, you're talking that entry level home that a young professional, you know, would be looking to, to get into. Sucks. They've pushed those millennials out even here in the Midwest of, of the home, the first time home buyer market a little bit. Oh, we you know. know several hedge funds that have bought several thousand homes here. Right. Think of that. You know, thousands of homes here in Indianapolis been go gobbled up by the hedge funds. Right. And they're renting them to these folks who would have rather purchased them, you know. And, and so how do you fight back against that? You become them. I just sit around and get angry and yeah. hate on them. You know, I just, uh, it's so I easy. Know. You, you know, we, you we just complain about it. I you know. know it's easy to look at these hedge funds and see some evil behind it. You know what? I'm just going to go on a small, quick diatribe about, about these hedge funds. So if you look at Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Pepsi, Coke, you have the same number one shareholder in all of those companies. So these hedge funds, BlackRock and, and then Vanguard, of course, is up there. And then even even um, Berkshire Hathaway is a large shareholder in a lot of those. But these guys don't go out, these guys, this, these hedge funds don't go out and just buy Visa stock and hope it does well. They buy the whole market. They buy the competition. They invest in Visa, MasterCard, and Amex. They invite, you know, invest in Pepsi and Coke. They just own it all. You know, this pooled money is insane. There's so much pooled money. I mean... And, and then they're they're pushing these kids out of out of being able to be first time home buyers like we were, and it sucks. However, you still can fight back. I know it's not as good as being able to buy a cheap home for your first home and live in it, but you can still fight back by buying a rental property the way they are. You can do what they're doing. But isn't it? This is a little off topic, but isn't that kind of scary that you know, say the the the, the Dow Jones stocks, the thirty blue chip you know, uh, companies that, that make up the Dow Jones industrial average that, I mean, their, their, their biggest shareholder is, you know, these hedge funds and other, you know, corporate pooled money, as well as our real estate market is controlled by them also. I it's mean, it's very scary. The, the, the pool of money just keeps growing larger and larger. When you, when you pull money like that, it's a snowball. As you know, the interest they <laughs> the compounding effect of interest on that pooled money allows them to just continue to gobble it up. They're like a black hole that sucks everything in around them, including right. all the profit everywhere, you know? And so, so we got to get ours. You got to get yours because they're gobbling it all up. You can, you know, you can buy into the market that they control the stock market, meaning you can buy up what the other stuff that they're doing. The same news clip that you shared with me, you know, was calling for government regulation, mm -hmm. you know, of this, um, they weren't talking about the uh, them owning stakes in our, our large U.S. companies. They were talking about the housing market in right. particular. Right. Um, Just what we want, the know, government controlling like, housing prices. I, well, I, I mean, it's an interesting yeah. point. I don't I know. know. I, I, and I, I don't know, know what the right answer is. I'm, I'm saying, do you, I mean, do you feel like there should be some sort of government control on 
these hedge funds. I don't know. You know, controlling our housing markets. I'm really good at pointing out the problems and scaring everybody and, and pointing at the problems and saying, look at this, look at this. I'm really bad at knowing which solutions work. I let, when someone offers a solution that they think would work, I just like to shoot that down and tell, point out everything that's wrong with each version. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in a lot of ways, I don't know that there's anyone that exists, you know, in this country that knows the right answer to it. You know, because yeah. um, I mean, this is this we've seen it on a very small scale how much the, the hedge funds can control, you know, our real estate market. Because I mean, we. We bid on lots of houses, and we've come in second literally a thousand times yeah. to, uh, to 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 hedge funds, you know. But you know, it's it starts out small, and now it has gotten so big and so vast that, you know, I don't know that uh, I don't know. You know, is we to the point of no return? You know, at this point, you know, there, there's historical references that that you could look at um, for this, in in like. The land, the land owners in Europe, way back, and I, I don't even know which century that was, but you know, revolutions happened over this when, when the the serfs and the peasants couldn't own their own, you know, properties, and it was all owned by, you know, the wealthy. There's been revolutions over this type of thing, so it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. I don't want it to become worse. I want it to become better. And the only solution I know is to fight back on an individual level, is to, to go out and compete with them, beat them, you know, buy what they're buying, be like them. I don't know. I mean, will the government regulate it sometime? Maybe, you know. I don't, I don't know. The only thing that I know to do is to do it and to help motivate these, these millennials to do it too. There's a reason the hedge funds are doing it. Do what they're doing. Let's beat them. You know, I don't want this generation, my kids' generation, your kids' generation, to miss out on all this wealth you and I have been able to build through owning real estate. I mean, there's still deals out there. You there know, are. We we, uh, we we just found a commercial deal that we're really you know hyped up about. You know, it just Pumped. you know it, it's uh, it, it lets you know that you know if 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 you stay vigilant and stay the course. I mean, it's still there. True. So you always say it. You know, just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it is a wa- weird and wacky market. I mean, it's it's nuts. You know, we started off by talking about you know Tijuana mm-hmm. and and it, it's it's hard for it's hard for me to fathom. Right. Um, but I'm I'm just a old redneck from Southern Indiana right. that uh, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, right. it's just I mean, it's just all there <laughs> yeah, is to but, it. But so to you summarize, know. though, move to Tijuana if you want. I don't. That seems weird. But buy real estate. There's a lot of markets you can buy no matter where you live. If you're a millennial, don't miss out on this, right? I mean, you fight. let's fight back against these evil freaking hedge funds, and let's just do it. We're going to start our own revolution. <laughs> <laughs> it well, will be televised. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think it's easy sometimes we get on here and we sound just like a couple of grumpy old men. But the point of our discussions on our podcast and all the content that we put out there is to help investors, help spread the love of real estate investing conservatively, you know, doing it very smart, um, long-term wealth creation. We're, we really like having a good time. Heck yeah. Sometimes it's just uh, we get a little worked up on uh, – yeah, you know, this crazy world changing the way that it is. But, but anyhow, that's our show. 
Keep plugging along out there. As Scotty said, just do it. Till next time, happy investing. That's a wrap. Very nice. I loved it. Pretty good, didn't we? I thought it was great. Did all right. That was two really good episodes back to back. Yeah. The metaverse one was really, I really liked that. Oh, you did? It was full of, like I said, clips and okay. just good Okay. Interesting. Shit. I felt like that was our worst one out of I got to keep. I, did, I didn't really inject the whole millionaire, and if we did it, you can do it. I, yeah. I'll, 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 get, we'll, I'll get better at that. We'll, we, neither of us did. I'll get better I, at I did at the very end because I thought of it mm-hmm. where I said, you know, our kids to, yep. to build wealth the way we have. Right. Yep. It's hard to naturally say. Dude, I fucking hate it too. And oh, dude, I mean, he was brought it. up to not ever say that. I, I didn't know until like one time on the podcast you guys said it. I'm like, yep, I thought they were, but I guess they are.